talk to Testing, testing. <laughs> it's Tom. I'm back, guys. Don't worry. I know you miss me. Max, Ben, how's it going? Yeah, good, dude. Very good. I miss you, man. How you been? I've been good. I've been good. I've been in Iceland for the last few days, um, recording another podcast, might I add, um, the Carbon Removal Show. Go check it out. But I'm here, focused, <laughs> back with you guys on the Rock Zone. Um, yeah, really excited to get into the next episode, which we've just recorded. Um, we had a fantastic chat with Lucy, who's going to talk us through a bit about high rocks, a bit about CrossFit, because that's her background, actually, in terms of fitness. Um, she's going to talk about her mixed doubles experience that she had, which is going to be interesting. Um, and we talk about kind of female representation in the sport itself and how that's kind of um, evolving. So really keen for you to hear this all. But... It makes sense to have a little quick catch-up beforehand. So, um, yeah, Max, Ben, how was last week's episode? How's it all going? Talk to me. Well, it went well. It went well. There were some awkward moments between me and Ben. There was like a... What are you talking about? There was a void that needed filling, but you weren't there. What's new with me? So, um, I prepared this time. I was caught out last time when Ben asked me what my fitness had been doing, and I had absolutely nothing to say, and I ended up saying the same thing I did in the episode previous to that. This time, my guys, I've done a half high rock since last week. I've Ooh. done multiple workouts. I've done a PFT. I got a new PB on my PFT. I think I, I texted oh, yeah. you guys that. 2020. So, uh, we're, we're getting ever... We're getting ever closer to breaking that, that barrier. And so I've just funny. come back from um, doing a nice little gentle 5K after a very heavy leg day yesterday. So there you go. I hope that's enough fitness. Ben, <laughs> beat that, mate. Uh, yeah, no, I, I can't. I've been doing a little a few 5Ks around Battersea Park, but uh, nothing too special. Uh, before the recording, um, did a PFT, but the um, rowing machine like was free all the time. And then as soon as it's time for me to use it, of course they're all taken so i subbed it in for a ski erg um but uh long day at work wasn't really sort of prepared for it so it was around like the 27 minute mark so pretty damn slow hey man you got it done that's all yeah i showed up that was the thing i I enjoyed it but um but it's been good i mean thomas good to good to have you back what's your top two takeaways from iceland (sighs) okay top two takeaways firstly everyone should get a jacuzzi or some sort of like constant hot spring around them apparently like pretty much every single every town in iceland and every single like little um constituency has their own heated swimming pool and it's like naturally heated from the geothermal hot springs so that's i think something that we should take back here or that might be a little Wandsworth, expensive ones with borough council jacuzzi. no but it's not even that it's like okay. like every street has its own like little oh, like, wow. pool it's like it's mad dude you, um, you run a podcast on saving the planet and you're well i know but it's because <laughs> i know that's an outside neighbor. body of water in their garden what no it's because the <laughs> geothermal hot springs naturally heat up all of those pools because they have so much excess heat energy from their um from those projects that it's just kind of like it just is a thing that they do tell, anyway tell you what the, <laughs> the second they discover a geothermal hot spring in cheshire I'll get my landlord on the case and tell him we're getting do, a jacuzzi. Do. You should. Um, and second takeaway, um, it's fucking weird 
that it's still sunny at 12 a.m. I still can't get wow. over that. Yeah, it's, it's like all coming in summer there. So like their their sun doesn't really set mm. um, until like one in the morning at the moment. And it's just bizarre, but like really, really pretty at the same time. Um, but also like on a night out, like on a Saturday, it's kind of odd to see lots of slightly drunk people that, like in the daylight. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, interesting takeaways. But yeah, that's what I learned. And lots of interesting climate stuff. You should listen to the other I was going to say, where's the climate stuff? You're telling people to get a jacuzzi. I want to save it for the show. I want to save it for the other show. I don't want to give you all the information. Uh, or the God. juicy goss. That's wicked. So away from us, I guess there's been a, a few things. Well, a few things that have happened in our lives or, or sort of the show's life. Uh, we went live on Instagram, um, Rock Zone Pod. Uh, you can find us there. We've got uh, what, a couple of posts up now that just explain a little bit ironically of who we are but in a, in a jokey way and then um there'll be more sort of snippets and episodes coming through there we actually had um ian one of the hosts from uh uk ocr podcast reach out he was like super stoked he listened to um episode one and said he liked it and enjoyed it and honestly that made my day i was there like this is awesome like someone we've listened to is finally kind of listening to our stuff so um fantastic and like well thank you ian for sort of the kind words um, I guess the the the, th the next thing I, I kind of has been on my radar and admittedly has come to me through Instagram again is a Hyrox X Runner uh, event that's happening in Battersea Park. So there's another sort of like a hybrid crossover with another brand, um, Battersea Park, July fifteenth, uh, six p.m. to nine p.m. So that's going to be quite a cool sort of late one. Um, but, um, I mean, I'm just reading it now. What to expect, running, functional fitness workouts, scalable to all fitness levels. I mean, blah, blah, blah. I mean, what we'll do is I'm going along. I bought my ticket. I know Blake's going along. Um, so we'll have a little bit of on-site reporting when that comes around. Uh, you guys going to come show your face? Yeah, and then hopefully meet meet a few of our listeners there. We've, we've got a month and a half until that day to ramp up <laughs> production and get, get a few more followers. That's the dream, isn't it? I, I, I'm at, if someone comes up to me and goes, oh, I listen to your stuff, I honestly, I don't know what I'll do. Kiss him. Call it there. We hit the big <laughs> <boys. laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I guess that's what's going on in, in our sort of sphere right now. Um, as Tom mentioned, we've got uh, a lovely interview with Lucy coming up. Um, so, yeah, without further ado, let's just get into it, I guess. <laughs> Lucy Mitchell, welcome to the show. How's it going? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Very good. Thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for coming along and hopefully sharing some interesting thoughts with us today. Um, it's a pleasure to finally sort of get you on the line. We've been seeing what you've been doing online here or there. We know that recently you participated in the Mixed Doubles in London. Um, and hopefully today you're going to be sharing some thoughts uh, around uh, CrossFit. Uh, the transition to high rocks and also the sort of the female perspective hopefully uh, as I'm sure all the listeners are aware three three white dudes sort of sitting in a room talking doesn't give a very balanced argument so we're hoping to bring some more sort of uh, other perspectives to the line happy to provide some diversity um, guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh fantastic awesome so I guess um, to kick things off uh, I just want to get a little bit of uh, understanding about your background if possible yeah, sure. So I, in terms of like my fitness background, I probably at school, like loved the idea of sport, but was never like 
top team. So I was always like the seconds, always the B team. So never really like found my niche at school. I did lots of swimming, which was like not team sport <laughs> because I was better at it. Um, and then got into like the gym and stuff after uni, really loved it. And then about 18 months ago, dipped my toe in the world of CrossFit, um, which I started just before the pandemic and fell in love straight away, as is the way if, if you've got that, got that kind of personality. Um, but then interestingly, I also kind of realized that I loved it to the point of wanting to learn more about my body and the way it works and how the muscles interact with like the exercises I was doing. So then between February and December last year, I actually undertook my level two, level three personal training qualification. So now I am a qualified Woo! personal trainer. Thank you very much. Um, wow. Yeah, it was one of those lockdown hobbies wow. that I just kind of started and then, yeah, just got really into it. So thank you to all my friends who are willing participants to be like, this is a deadlift. This is a bicep <laughs> curl um, who I needed for my exams. But yeah, and then in terms of Hyrox, how I was introduced, I actually found out through Max. So Max is being a great spokesperson yet again. Um, came up to support him at Manchester in January and just loved it. And just was so like enamoured with the whole atmosphere and mm. everyone getting together. And just it, there was such a buzz at, on the day. And I, you touched on it, I think, the other week that in, like, Max, you were saying when you went to go support Ben at London, you were like, it's such an ordeal having to support, like, that's how I felt. I came away like, (laughs) (laughs) no, but it's, like, just as intense. You need to strategically plant yourself and, I mean, you, you feel like it's hard enough counting the laps when you're running, but when you're trying to count someone else's laps, oh, oh, my God. Um... Yeah, and this is also, when you came up to, to Manchester, that's actually the first time I think you met all three of us. Well, not me, but first time you met Tom and Ben. It was, it was. The three amigos. So, yeah, I've heard about this podcast for, for many months. So I'm very glad to see it come to life. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thanks for that little intro. I just want to wind it back a little bit and just sort of uh, sort of touch on uh, CrossFit. You mentioned that you sort of you jumped into it about 18 months ago and you touched on also how uh, Max has brought you into High Rocks. But I'm just interested to learn what was it that got you involved in CrossFit? What was your sort of journey to being um, introduced as such? Because you've also dropped those sort of people that have helped you along the way. Uh, I'm sure there's probably another Max out there that was the CrossFit version. Um, how did you sort of uh, discover it? So my, my CrossFit Max was my old housemate from uni, Amy. Um, she'd always been doing it and like I'd, I'd watched her Instagram stories with, with bated breath, like what was she going to do next? Um, so she was an inspiration. I went and did a session with her down in Surbiton at Motion and did one session and she came away with me and she was like, you really like that, didn't you? And I was like, yeah. Um, (laughs) Like I was one of those people that was hesitant to like it. It was one of those like, oh, I'd seen the cult and I'd seen, seen everyone saying it's so intense. And I was, I was a bit scared. Like you do get scared of something you've not tried before. So I was nervous before that, before that. And then when I moved house to South London, just had the opportunity to join a box and went and did some sessions at CrossFit Tooting and CrossFit Streatham. And it's, it's the same as High Rocks in a way in that it's the people that make it so good. So everyone who I met throughout my CrossFit journey, which sounds really lame, but everyone I've met has been amazing. And you, you've you said it before, like, like-minded people do the same stuff. So everyone who I knew who did CrossFit was 
really ambitious, really competitive, but in a fun way and also likes going out. So it it makes perfect sense that I get on really well with everyone who crossfits and everyone who high rocks is because birds of a feather, you know. Fantastic. And you, you mentioned a little cult uh, sort of feeling when you <laughs> when you join the box. Uh, how does the culture in a CrossFit gym compare to the culture in a high rocks gym? I think they're really quite similar, you know. So at CrossFit, everyone thinks it's really competitive in that I'll be competing against like Susan over there, who's competing against Gary, who's <laughs> competing against everyone else. It's really not like that at all. You're competing against yourself at the end of the day. Like, I turn up on like a Sunday morning to do weightlifting and I can only lift half of the girl next to me, but she's been doing it four years and my PBs and my wins when I get them are celebrated just as much as if she hits a PB, like a PB is a PB at the end of the day. Like it's something that you couldn't do yesterday that you can do today. And I think it's the same in high rocks. Like you shave a minute off your time. You're going to be like, I'm so buzzing. Like Max, you were so excited when you came back from, um, for Frankfurt you're like I've done so well but you're not comparing yourself against like the elites who are amazing because you can't you just can't so that would be yeah a I think futile endeavor in my case like there's there's so <laughs> much difference between me and them <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same atmosphere of you're celebrated and supported no matter like your ability or your mm. skill level or how long you've been doing it I think that's that's the thing that it's like fitness is such a well I say a cult following but there are definitely that brand of people out there that love it and actually love it to their core. I think personally where I've struggled with uh, the idea of getting into CrossFit has been the like the upfront membership cost and that sort of like two hundred pound plus per month sort of thing and like I mean I like fitness but I'm not sure if I can put that state that much money commitment every month and be like yeah I love it enough to like not be able to spend money on other things how do you justify it is there a, a price comparison or something that you sort of think you know what this this is why it's worth it yeah so for me I had a personal trainer for like a year and a half and a gym membership and I was spending money on supplements and I was probably eating the wrong food so mm. in my head I added up all of those costs and thought you know what like a gym membership at a box is like so mine is 170 which is still a lot of money compared to like 25 quid at pure gym or something but I consider it to be an investment in I really want to get better at what I do and the coaching I get is so high quality that it's like having a personal trainer mm. and a gym membership in one and yeah, sometimes I don't do things because I'm like, oh God, I should be a bit more wary of money. But equally, it's stuff that compounds into the lifestyle I lead. So like, maybe I won't go out and spend a hundred pounds on a night out because I'm like, oh, I've got weightlifting tomorrow. You just make those like calculated, like cost benefit, like calls, you know, like, do I want to be better at the thing that I'm passionate about? Or do mm. I want to spend, I don't know, a hundred pounds on some new headphones? like which would I prefer yeah fair enough the have you ever thought about um like if there was the proposition to join a, a high rocks affiliate gym is that something that would interest you or do you feel like you've got such a community in in your box at the moment that you're like mm, you know what I've, I've got a sense of friends I don't want to leave behind it's a good question because I love my mates and I love my community at my gym I think I don't know enough about like the benefits of being a Hyrox affiliate gym. Like I, I'd love to know like what well, you get if it's <laughs> if there's like benefit. Because <laughs> Ben's done plenty of research. He's he's already prepped and ready. 
I just tee you up, you know. <laughs> that was seamless. We didn't even have to call it out. Um, so, <laughs> I, I mean, I did a little bit of digging and I find it quite hard to sort of, I mean, I've always thought, like, what do you actually get from affiliate gym? Like, when you're at an event, they've, they've got like a paddock and all the affiliate gyms get access there where they can drop their bags and all that. But I looked on the High Rocks website and this is their program benefits. So, discounted vouchers for athlete registration, complimentary registration codes for staff, digital marketing collateral for lead generation and community management, print material for marketing use in the gym, pre-race and on-site support, discount and access to partner products that will help grow your business, ability to license the Hyrox name and the Hyrox PFT events. I'll be honest, it doesn't scream like a, a, a general gym goer like me wouldn't go to my gym and be like, oh, can you become a Hyrox affiliate gym because of these benefits? Like, it doesn't seem very marketed towards the individual. Um, I could see there, like, if someone was sitting there that owned a gym and maybe had some business, like, acumen or desires, they'd go, oh, this could be cool. But I'm yet to see it sort of, like, the narrative be conveyed to the everyday user. Like, oh, I'm looking for a High Rocks affiliate gym. I mean, maybe that's where the PFT tour's coming in. I mean, have you done one of the PFTs yet? Yeah, so I completely agree, number one. It sounds completely marketed to the gym rather than to the athlete. Um I've been to a PFT, I went to one at Old Street Foundry, which was really great and amazing, but like there was nothing surrounding it, and this is probably like a business point rather than a Hyrox point, there was nothing surrounding it being like, come join our gym or like like other marketing that would like entice me to go there more. So yeah. I don't I don't know, like maybe if there were more, like I heard a couple of like discounted entry things and discounted products, mm. but that's not called out to me as an athlete. Like I don't, and like, would it mean it'd be more expensive for me to join that gym because it's a Hyrox affiliate one? Like, that's another mm. thing to consider because I just don't know. Yeah, it, it's a, I mean, I, I'm trying to like ra- grapple with it in my head at the same time. Like, would you, I mean, guys, what do you guys think on the call as well? Would you, would you be interested in joining an affiliate gym for Hyrox? I would be. I would be because I, and because I've always pre- previously just done like mm-hmm. standard gym memberships and always done workouts myself. And so the first time I did like proper structured workouts with somebody kind of giving you a, 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 a thing to work towards was with High Rocks. Um, I would join a High Rocks gym, but I know my thought, I, I'm thinking that perhaps they just haven't got enough affiliate gyms yet to be able well, to start marketing like how they can it, promote it for the individuals. Yeah, there's 500 affiliate gyms currently. Uh, have they? Yeah, because it makes me think, like, is it, like, as an affiliate gym, is it that, like, High Rocks will send out like, specific workout schedules and they'll be... Because that's what they do for CrossFit like, gyms, because yeah, I think, and I could be wrong, yeah, I think if, you're affili- if, you've, if you are registered, like, with CrossFit, the brand, ahead of things like the Open, like, which is, like, three weeks of workouts that every, every CrossFit gym in, like, the world competes in, ahead of those three weeks... They send out like structured programming being like, oh, you should probably practice your pull-ups. You should practice your handstand walks. They don't tell you exactly what's going to come up because it's a it's a mystery. But it would be interesting if Hyrox affiliate gyms did something similar. But it would be so targeted to the Hyrox community, though. So I don't know how beneficial it would be for gyms to do that if you weren't like training for a Hyrox event. Right. Million dollar question. Which is better? Guys. Oh, it's like choosing, it's like choosing a favorite child. Um, I'm uh, controversial for this podcast. I'm going to say CrossFit, but I'm going to (laughs) caveat, get best guessed. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to caveat it with I love the variety that CrossFit brings. Mm. I think if you want to do things like high rocks where it's the same every time and like I consider high rocks to be similar in nature to like a half marathon or a tough mudder where you know exactly what you're going to get and you do it and you do it to beat your time. I love the variety of CrossFit where I can beat my time in some elements. Like there's some specific workouts where I can beat my time or do better. Mm. But every day is a new skill and learning new stuff. And that's what I enjoy about it. I think, I think probably the more I do, the more I'll want to try and beat my time. And the more the, the levels mm. of my love for these two children will kind of balance out. But at the moment I've, I've been doing, I've been doing CrossFit longer. I think that's the only reason I say that. Um, so Ben, propose that question as an either or choose right now gun to your head I don't think it actually has to be like that I think you can love both your children equally um but fine obviously we we would have liked the high rocks to come out on top um my my question is and we've spoken about this off the podcast briefly how I want to say elitist is it in the CrossFit community that either you're a CrossFitter through and through and you focus exactly on that or you're more of an all-rounder athlete and you use CrossFit for CrossFit purposes but also if you see something else come up like a a Tough Mudder or a Spartan game or something like that where you'd say hey I I want to try that out as well. Um, Is it kind of strict like I'm only interested in CrossFit and I got tunnel vision just for that or would you venture out and see other things the same way you've done with high rocks I think it depends on the person and the gym so I know my gym isn't like super strict and like elite athletes going I know that there are some which are so focused and you you go or you don't like there is no in between there's no like I'll go twice a week kind of kind of membership mine is much more Again, I say as as a community and most of the athletes I know at my gym do other stuff like they do other bodybuilding, they do running, they'll do like rugby is a big thing at my gym as well or netball and stuff. So I consider it to be like part of my fitness, but I would say it's like 75, 80% of my fitness life is CrossFit. Like I've done other stuff, I've done half marathons, but it did impact my training so I couldn't do as much weightlifting as I wanted to because I had to prioritize the cardio and when I was doing high rocks training I wasn't doing the strength programs as much I was doing like one or two days and then the other three days I was doing more conditioning style workouts like hypertrophy stuff so it just depends on like how you want to see it and I think CrossFit you get out of it what you put in but the type of person who goes to CrossFit probably wants to put a lot in and therefore it becomes the majority of their their fitness life sorry just to interject a uh, bit of an idiot here high hydroph- what was it what was that word <laughs> hypertrophy so it's like when you do like <laughs> oh this is going to be a test for my PT knowledge that I haven't used in seven months um <laughs> hypertrophy is more like eight to 12 rep range you're not just building strength you're building muscle but like over a longer period of time so it's not like pure muscle and like pure like weightlifting for like one to three reps where you're just going for a max deadlift or a max squat or something you're building muscle but like over a longer period of time so it'll be slower but like you'll just do a little bit more exertion so like endurance training would be the 15 to 20 rep range hypertrophy is like eight to 12 strength is like mm. one to six or something 
Interesting. I'm going to look that up when we get off and it's going to be so wrong and I'm going to be so embarrassed. Um, I think I think that's completely fair what you've said. And whilst you were saying that, I was also thinking if the roles were reversed and you asked us if we're going to go do CrossFit, the answer would probably be less enthusiastic because I think Tom said it straight away, the injury proneness of what people who strictly train for eight exercises and only those exercises, I don't see either of us doing, or any of us, sorry, doing a handstand walk anytime soon. Um, so I think the variety of CrossFit probably plays into your favor. Um, anyway, enough about CrossFit. This is a High Rocks podcast, so um, we're gonna park that for right sorry. now. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that's fine, that's fine. You brought it up. <laughs> you brought me on it yeah, to talk about it <laughs> yeah. set, set you up for failure there no um so i would like to know what your perception is in terms of the balance of gender ratio or representation so in your in your perception do you think there's an equal amount of um, men and women? Is it slightly skewed? What do you think? I think in sport in general, it is still like incredibly skewed towards males competing and males going forward and being professional athletes. And I think there's like, there's horrendous stats on like school girls and like at the point of which they like drop out of sport or something, it's like 70% will drop out before they're like 16 from playing competitive sport. Like that's a ridiculous stat to me. And the women I know who are really strong and like do amazing things with their fitness, whether it be through high rocks or running and stuff are still relative like anomalies in the field. And I think it's a real shame. And, but I think there is a new kind of sway and I don't know whether it's just my algorithms on Instagram showing me this, but there's so many more women that I speak to and so many more girls that I know like of a younger generation who are so much more invested in their health and their well-being and sport is a huge part of that now and it's a really welcome change for me and like it was a massive influence on me at school but I think I went to quite a sporty school like compared to some people I know so I think it's massively massively skewed at like the professional end I think at the amateur level there's probably better representation but I think until you get things like like parity of pay at the top level it's really difficult to see why women would want to want to kind of like break through that threshold I mean you've given me a really interesting piece of commentary there um and this isn't to overshadow any of this, but I still would like to know what your perception is of the ratio um, at a High Rocks gym tour or a High Rocks event. So the PFT I went to, I'd say was like 60, 40 guys to girls. I'd say at the actual event itself in London, probably 50-50, which I think is great and was amazing and equally terrifyingly intimidating to look around and see a sea of like amazingly fit women and I was just like oh I've got to step up my game here so it was but I see that as inspiring and I love that but I can equally see how it would be intimidating to the point where some women might not want to join and I think that happens across all sports like you wouldn't look at like Arnold Schwarzenegger and be like wow that's an achievable goal you'd look at 
I don't know, Ben, and say that's an achievable goal. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. It's a good Shots thing. Fired. It's a good thing. <laughs> I mean... I'll take the backhanded like... compliment, but okay, fine. <laughs> you're pretty much you're pretty much spot on there. So I did some did some research because I was curious about this. It's one thing what your perception is, but what what do the actual numbers say? So I had a look at the um, London event first, and there were roughly two thousand athletes across all of the divisions so that's the normal the pro the doubles i excluded the relay because i know that that's a little bit skewed because some people will be racing twice so they'll do their own event and then do a relay so i've I've discounted that one but in the three main divisions i want to call them there's around 2000 athletes and by far the biggest division was the normal men's running um which is perhaps as to be expected but what I thought was really interesting, well, firstly, is that 38% of all of the um, competitors, let's call it 40%, are women. So you were spot on there when you said a 60-40 guy-to-girl ratio. That's exactly what it panned out to be in, in the actual event. Um, and I think even though that's still not 50-50, that's a pretty damn good ratio if you compare that to like let's say the weight section in any normal gym where you can literally smell the testosterone <laughs> the second you walk in um that's awesome and i think certainly we feel a lot more comfortable that we're part of a community that has equal representation and, and just looking at the friends that we've gained i'd say it's equal guys and girls um and that's that's awesome. I I don't just have new bros to hang out with, but rather you're literally the first guest we've invited on, um, which is super. Um, the only other interesting thing, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, Lucy, is that the women's doubles is actually more popular than the women's singles. Um or like com- comparatively, if you if you look at all of the... So I've said that in a really bad way. You're saying there's more women who wanted to do the doubles than wanted to do... More sign-ups. Yeah. And I think that's completely um, logical. Why would that be? What, what, what would be your sort of best guess at why, uh, why there'd be more women sign-ups and doubles than there are in singles? Well, it's the reason why I signed up for doubles. I mean, I did mixed doubles. But Hyrox was still a relatively new concept to me. And I think you've mentioned it before that it's still quite new to the UK. Like it's been going for a couple of years. It's not as well established as other kinds of competition. But as an introduction to any kind of sport, you want to do it with someone else and you want it to be as easy as possible. So doing it with a friend and doing the kind of the women's division, like the women's double is the same amount as work as the women's but obviously you just get to share it so it's less intense so had I not strong-armed my friend Finn into doing the mixed doubles with me I was previously trying to find a woman to do the women's doubles so that's the reason why I think it is it's it's a really good intro and I think if I was to be a betting man I would say that in a couple of years you'd see the kind of the, the skew change or you'd see more women wanting to do individual races 
because you'll have that introduction. And I think you guys did the same thing. Like Max and Tom, you competed together and then you went solo like any good boy band. So like, <laughs> that's what happens. I'm on a break. Okay? Give me a break, guys. What you said makes still complete sense. But what I meant to say is there's not more women joining the mixed up, uh, sorry, the, the doubles division. But it's if you look at the amount of entrance um, relative to men, it's actually one to one. So you have just as many uh, guy couples as girl couples racing together. Um, whereas if you look at the singles, it's like three times more in the men's. That's what I wanted to say. I needed to redeem myself. I'm sorry, I don't want to be called out for that. And I spent so long trying to get those ratios right. You even researched it. You had stats to back you up and you still got it wrong. I think it's the, I think it's the same as like what we were saying earlier in that like there are more men who compete in sport because it's the same kind of like atmosphere and like your like guys are naturally just more confident when it comes to things like that. So I think until the community and like the general societal norms change which is like a big topic i don't expect you guys to solve it on this podcast until that <laughs> changes to like women feeling more confident to go to events like that i think it'll be the like the slow burner do the doubles maybe do the mixed doubles then do the solo event but i'd like even manchester versus london the event grew massively so i would say i wouldn't be surprised if the the numbers matched up one to one pretty soon. Why did the why did your female partner fall through out of interest? Um, she said it was a lot of running. So oh, really, that was the barrier. <laughs> that was the barrier for her. She loved the functional stuff, but said too much running. Oh, interesting. Is is that like? Do you think that's like a? Is that just her? Like a case study? I mean, anecdotes aren't evidence, but like. Do you, as a, an event, do you think there's too much running in the high rocks out of interest? I think if you've not done running training before, it can be quite intimidating because splitting a thousand meter row, not that big of a deal. Mm. But it's the running that I know it is a rest and that's the kind of the easy bit. But if you, everyone who I've told about it and I say it's 8K of running with eight functional exercises has gone, ooh, 8K of running, that would take you nearly mm. an hour on its own. And that's the thing that surprises people. That's what, from the, yeah anecdotes on evidence but that's what people have said to me would be their surprising like limitating factor wow. limiting yeah lucy tom waiting so patiently i loved it i tend well because i do yeah anyway I, I i tend to like just like wait my turn in in some sense in some sense because we have another podcast and i like end up just anyway one question to wrap up um the bit that max was talking about or like what one question that i wanted to ask before i ask you about mixed doubles um is there anything that you think high rocks from your experience so far that high rocks can do better to encourage more female athletes into um into competing it's a good question i think i actually haven't seen that much marketing for high rocks other than in the pockets of communities of people i know who compete and then you follow the pages and stuff I don't see as much advertisements and maybe that's what the affiliate gyms would do is, is bring more awareness to it. Um, but from what I've seen, it's, it's mainly word of mouth. So if you have fewer females doing it, then you'll naturally have fewer females talking about it. Mm. But I think going to, I don't know, women only gyms, I think that could be a, a good way of doing it. I know there's a couple in London around where I live. I think making the 
community atmosphere kind of a bit more of a selling point I know it's a massive point at the moment but for me I want to go and this actually contends with what Max you said I think it was on the last podcast um you go on your own with the ambition to make friends I actually disagree with that I think I would find it more appealing to go with a group and be like this is my base group I'm going to go off and meet new people I'm going to have my own race but I'll come back to my same team I think that makes it more of a community feel for me and it would break the barriers to entry, which would in turn generate more people coming. But I think it's a really good question. I'd have to go away and properly think about it. You've just evidenced that you've listened to both of our previous podcasts, which is incredibly rewarding. So thank you for that. <laughs> you fangirling, Max? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Max. Um, Cool. Okay, so can you just, because I'm conscious of time, we don't want to go over too much. Um, but I was really curious, how did you find High Rocks Doubles? Like, how was that? I did it with my gym partner, Finn, and we trained together most days. Um, so actually getting to go and compete, this was my first competition, like, ever, regardless of, like, CrossFit as well. So it was amazing to go and, like, mm. have the atmosphere there. Um, <laughs> I will say I may have underestimated how heavy the sled pull and push was gonna be i think maybe the sled at our gym was significantly lighter than the one that you actually work with um so i think there's some plentiful pictures online of me failing to push and pull it so i think and finn's given the same feedback he was like training for next time sled like the only thing I have to work on is sled because I probably did about 20% of the work for both of those exercises. Um, but I just really enjoyed having someone there. So like we didn't really communicate other than grunts and occasional, you okay? Yeah, good. Okay. Push. Um, like minimals talk, but it was Insert good. innuendo here. <laughs> but it was, it was amazing to have someone to do it with and like who can come out and be like like you know it's kind of like the misery loves company like trauma brings people together kind of thing like that's what you feel like when you finish and you're just there like eating your little blueberries and like blackberries at the end and that little like the finisher's zone so it was re i really enjoyed it and he said that he's going to do it again so he must have enjoyed it some some small amount brilliant and was there in terms of the actual like sharing of the load then because you do 8ks um every doubles partnership does that and then obviously you break down the the, the workouts themselves where like like you just said like the sleds are like i hated the sleds like max did mo most of the sled push and pull on our ones um like was there a particular workout that you thought actually you were better suited to push i'm and pull closer to the ground than finn is i found burpees and lunges a lot easier <laughs> so like for reference finn's probably like 5 10 5 11 i'm 5 foot 3 so like between the two of us we had our strengths and weaknesses um but equally he was doing loads of sled stuff so i gave him a break and did like majority of the burpees he'll disagree with that but i felt like i did quite a lot um nice i think the row was pretty equal he's just got more power than me ski probably the same um farmers carry we practiced it a lot so i felt like that was okay um yeah i feel like it was mainly just the sled mm. that was like the like the main differentiating factor um and i probably did him dirty in a way by the fact i listened to a podcast which 
I wish the rock zone had been around when I was prepping um, because <laughs> I listened to one podcast about how to split the different oh, yeah. movements and like some tips and tricks. And it said for the ski, it was like change over time is dead time. If you can just do like 50% each, then that's great. It wasn't great. It was really quite hard. <laughs> Poor Finn. I made him do like 600 meters flat out and he finished and he was like, that was the worst one. He came out and he said the ski was the worst. And that was the very first exercise. So I think in future, really? like wow. splitting that up a bit more equally, wow. like 200, 200 or 300, 200 would be better. So, so how much of the event is like, like how much is just like grunt work and how much is actually tactics? I'd say... That? 80% grunt work, but 20% tactics like helps you cut the corners. Well, not cut the corners because it's a race. Everyone does the same thing. And um, I think tactics helps a lot when you're kind of going between that performing at 90% versus performing at 100%. I think if it's your first go, it's 100% grunt work. I think once you get to the point where you're comparing your times and beating yourself, the tips will be the thing that help you go. Mm. Um I think things like, yeah, how you split the movements and at what point you call time and how you keep each other accountable and like knowing when to push and like ease off your partner as well is good. Um, one of the things that Finn and I discussed at the start line was what encourages you versus like what will make you go faster versus what will piss you off and make you want to just get off the rowing machine. So I said, I need love and affection. I was, I need like, you're doing great, sweetie, let's go. He needed like, my nan can ski faster than you, which I did actually say to him. So it's knowing your partner's love languages. So that helped quite a lot. Me and Lucy actually met on the track and Lucy gave me a cheeky finger in the, in the bum and uh, I returned the favor. <laughs> The next, the next lap by giving her a nice little slap. I felt that slap for like two laps. I was so painful. It was proper contact. What kind of admission of guilt is that? Because oh I lapped him. Did not expect that. Oh, you had to, you had to be there. That. You had to be there. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know what your love language is, Max. I guess. <laughs> Brilliant. So, Lucy, just finally, uh, how did you guys celebrate? Like, you finished your, your doubles, you had an amazing time. Yeah. What time did you get? We got 116.56, which pissed me off because, Max, what did you and Anna Ooh. get? I don't know. I just know it was faster. <laughs> it was like 20 seconds faster, which was annoying. No, but I was so proud of me and Finn. Yeah, amazing mm. work from both of us. Oh. As oh, it wicked. should be. It was awesome such an achievement and how did how did you guys celebrate what was your your go-to did you go to the pub did you get dr drunk dominoes pizza hut what was it um we so my little support team was my friend l and we came back to mine and i demolished an honest burger and like seven fries seven like portions of fries i was just so hungry and then i went to the pub which didn't help recovery um sunday felt felt hard um and Max, I don't know if you, I don't know if any of you guys have found it. Did you find every day after the event you had a different dom, like a different part of your body hurt every day? Because <laughs> that's how I yeah. felt. Yeah. This is this is a complete coincidence, but my ass hurt. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's nothing to do with love yeah, language yeah, yeah. being displayed. No, it just it just hurt. The lunges, <laughs> man. I think it's the lunges oh, that do God. you, and yeah. then the wall balls. Like it's so glute heavy it's the warbles yeah, for me they pain, just do man. me dirty yeah they're horrible 
The Rock Zone, the national podcast of butt pain. (laughs) 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 Brilliant. Lucy, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. I've found it really valuable. I hope everyone else has as well. Max and Tom, you've enjoyed it. Um, If you want to reach out to Lucy, um, her Instagram handle is LucyYMitchell. I'm not sure if it's the same for Twitter, but uh, Instagram's a good place. That's where we get the good good. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, guys. I honestly, I listened to the first two episodes and begged Max to be a guest. So (laughs) thank you for indulging me. It's been brilliant. Absolute honour. Anyway, we'll hopefully see you on the track, and if not sooner at the pub. Um, and Max, yeah, you might want to wear some more trousers or something when you see this. Anyway, lovely to see you, Lucy. Take care. Thanks. Bye.